This is Pete Moore. I am on Halo Talks NYC on location, San Diego, Ursa 2018 with my good friend, Terry Blachek from Austin, Texas. That's right, baby. It's great to be here. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me, Pete. Excellent. Excellent. So, uh, Terry, you and I have been in the industry for a long time. You started off... Uh, Back at the uh, back of the fitness company, yeah, World Trade Center. Back in the day, yeah, top, so, right in this World Trade Center. So, give us a little bit of your your personal background in the fitness industry. We're going to fast forward to where we are today, and the opportunities are even more exciting than they were back when we started. Yeah, yeah, I was uh, I was in the, I was a phys ed teacher. I was doing a master's up at Central Michigan, and I was making eighteen thousand dollars a year. And I heard that uh, if you got into New York City, you could be one of these program directors at these corporate wellness centers and make forty thousand. And I remember talking about doubling my income. And I went to New York City. I interviewed with a bunch of folks and uh, ended up at the World Trade Center, the Marriott Hotel right there beside that. And the funny thing about that, they hired me and they wanted me to do a 90-day intern. I didn't get paid a paid a penny for that. Wow, an apprenticeship program. Unique idea. (laughs) (laughs) And they were expanding. It was a great company. You know, uh, the claim to fame was shirt shorts, socks, and jocks to everybody in the Trade Center. And uh, 90 days later, uh, I ran out of money. I actually had to take a $300 uh, cash advance out to... uh, Continue lending. Yeah, to continue commuting into the city. And uh, what ended up happening is, is they finally uh, got me working on the weekends in a sales position, and from fitness to ma- like a manager on duty on the weekends. And then uh, that's really how my career in the fitness business took off. And I was with those guys for about 12 years and worked my way up through a lot of different positions and ended up being the chief operating officer for. The fitness company. How important was it to be doing, you know, being the apprentice and, you know, starting at the bottom, you know, just like starting from the bottom, yeah. now we're here, I think. Yeah. Is this well, I'm going to tell you this, is that today, even today, when I uh, look for people to hire, I'm looking for the guys that are willing to put in the time and willing to work. And uh, it's that, personally, for my, you know, I was willing to do that. And I, people that are willing to work and willing to put in the time they and and are loyal. They'll they'll go a long way in in my group and my business today. So, but what, it was what, it was influential. Yeah. When it, what I've found is um, a number of clients that we've had, and you go walk around the, the the clubs with them, and the guys that are new to the industry that have never been in the industry, they'll just walk into the door, and then the guys that have been in for a while, they'll like they'll pick up a wrapper, they'll tidy up a, a towel, they'll yep. go into you know yeah, yeah. like they're just like once you your program to do that like. You are an attention to detail yep. OCD freak. Yeah, and that's one eye the up, difference. one eye down. Yeah, yeah, that's I, I think that's a difference. Corners and edges. That's what we talked about. Cleanliness. You know, yeah. uh, look for the corner dust bunnies in the corner, and look for the edges on the carpets and the floors. And yeah, it was in, in, very in, in influential in my early uh, early days in the in my uh, career. So yeah. So so as COO of fitness company, obviously had a number of multi unit locations, and you had people uh, that you had to manage remotely. Granted, you know, we've got mobile apps now and we've got, you know, data and reporting and all that jazz. Yep. But, you know, learning how to communicate with people and being able to manage and oversee people that you're not going to be with on a, on a daily basis. Like, how has that helped you in what you're doing today, which we'll get to, um, and just really understanding, like, the human behavior and, like, the, the reinforcement and the feedback loops and, like, quality control. Yeah. One of the first things I, you know, as I continue to move up in my career, I became the director of training for the fitness company. And one of the first things I did, I went down to the Disney Institute and I went through the Disney business management seminars, uh, Disney approach to people management, the Disney approach to creativity and innovation, the Disney approach to customer service. And how does Disney do it? And I spent multiple weeks down there at different times and really got a, a good education, took those ideas and tried to translate that back to the fitness company and to the fitness business. 
And that, you, you talk about shaping in my early years is you talk about, you know, the things that people remembered at Disney was how friendly was the staff and how clean was the place. We took those concepts and ideas. We came back to the fitness company and we came up with three pillars for the fitness company called professional, friendly, and clean. Gotcha. And those were the pillars we did a lot of our training on. But you, know, you talk about teaching and communicating with, with multiple sites in multiple areas, you know, the, the key piece on that is having a, a structure of uh, personnel that you can work through to, sure. to get things done. And then finally, having something that everybody believes in. And uh, I remember the day that we put that professional, friendly, and clean concept. And, you know, we had these, these mantras that said, I would never let a member pass without saying hello. I'll never walk by a piece of paper on the floor without picking it up, just kind of what you mentioned. But mm -hmm. these were these mantras. And, of course, we got everybody to buy into that. And it was a great start to my career. Yeah, so from, uh, from fitness company, what was the next? Uh... Crunch. Crunch Fitness, uh, New York City. They had uh, six stores in New York. A uh, gentleman that I had worked with, Roger Harvey, at the World Trade Center was sure. up at uh, uh, Crunch, and he uh, tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, we need to get some systems in place. We need to get some processes in place. Just of note, he was my camp counselor <laughs> back in the day at Camp Laconda. Yeah, so Roger, yeah, Roger, it was funny because Roger was a fitness director for us at the World Trade Center. And when he left for Crunch, we said, Roger, what are you doing? I'm not sure this is the right move, you know, blah, blah, blah. And of course, we all know that Crunch has had a great success story. It was one of the hip urban brands of the 90s. And and uh, Roger was a big part of that, Doug yeah. Levine, uh, Howard Brodsky. And so I got uh, recruited to come up and work for uh, Crunch. I was there for three years, uh, just prior to them selling to Bally's Total Fitness. So, you know, that was, uh, Crunch was probably the best brand experience that I, I had in understanding, you know, advertising, creating a brand, you know, brand extensions. Some of the things that we were doing at Crunch were very innovative at the time, so. Yeah, and it seemed like, well, the fitness company was never you know, a branded experience, but it was the operations and, and you know, actually the service and the results. So it, it, that stop at, at Crunch, you know, basically turned you into a, the, the brand guy. Yeah, I, th <laughs> I think I learned a lot. You know, I, I uh, it was amazing. You know, you go through your career and every point, you know, when you're in your in your 20s, you think you know a lot. And then when you're in your 30s, you think you know a lot. And when I was in my 40s, I thought I knew a lot. And right. when I'm now in my 50s, I go... I probably think I know a lot, but I'm always surprised at the next decade or the next turn of my career how much maybe I don't yeah. know, and I'm, I'm humbled by that. Uh, yeah. There's some really smart people in the industry. There's some smart finance and smart money coming into the business, and I'm always uh, I'm always excited to learn more. That's great. So uh, then, then you were down at Lifestyle Family Fitness yeah. down in Went Tampa? down to, yep, Jeff Dyer's uh, group uh, picked me up. They had 12 stores at the time. I got hired on uh, to go down to uh, Tampa Bay, Florida. Great experience with Jeff, a great friend of mine uh, today. Sure. and. Uh, we grew that company up to, uh, you know, 50 units. You know, I left those guys in uh, 2000, what, 2007, I think. I uh, was down there for seven, eight years. And uh, great, great run with, I mean, this is, you know, right before the market uh, crashed, but we were just living like kings. I mean, we were blowing through our sales numbers. We mm -hmm. were growing, expanding. You know, we expanded from Florida into the Carolinas, up into Indianapolis and uh, Columbus, Ohio. But it was a great, great run at uh, Lifestyle Family Fitness. And you were the, the one of the early uh, pioneers um, related to the Orange Theory platform. So talk about that. I mean, obviously, as people know, Orange Theory today, um, I don't think they know, you know, what, what it started with. Yeah. And, and you're obviously one of the architects of that. Yeah. Funny, uh, funny story. So I left uh, Lifestyle Family Fitness. I was consulting, helping health club chains around the world in South America, in uh, Mexico, Canada, and uh, the U.S., and I sit on a round table for best practices, Rex Roundtables. And uh, I had come out, I was looking for a deal in uh, San Diego, actually. It was a group of clubs called Lava, and they were a, a, 
a class-based, uh, uh, came out of uh, L.A. Boxing, actually, but yep. uh, it was a class-based group, and I had never seen a big box where it didn't have any equipment on the floor. It was basically a, a big workout, and they had classes. And uh, it was an interesting concept. I went back to Florida to my uh, round table, and uh, a friend of mine, uh, Rodney Stevens, uh, sure. who, who uh, said, have you ever heard of Ellen? And so Ellen, who is the founder of the workout of Orange Theory, had her location called Ellen's. It had Pilates spinning in this workout called so the it wasn't, Ultimate. It wasn't called Orange Theory. It no, was no, called no, no. Ellen's. It was Ellen's. Ultimate workout or yeah, well, something? Well, no, it was Ellen's. Ellen's Just was Ellen's. The, it was Ellen's was yeah. the workout in Davie, Florida. And she had uh, um, Ultimate Workout as, she had three rooms, right? She had one room for spinning, one room for Pilates, and one room for the Ultimate uh, Workout. And uh, I went up and visited it. Two weeks later, I went, did, went back and did the Ultimate Workout. And I said to Ellen, we should talk about uh, maybe trying to come up and create a brand. She said, well, I'm already talking with a couple guys from Massage Envy, Dave Long and uh, Jerome Kern. Sure. And I said, uh, let me get Dave's number. And Dave and I worked together at Lifestyle Family Fitness yeah. a few years uh, before that. So I called Dave up and they hired me on as a consultant to help him with the sales and marketing. And a few months after that, I invested and put some money in the deal and became one of the original partners. And my role was really to do sell licenses uh, and also to put the sales, the marketing pieces together for the brand. And I was uh, very, you know, very, very involved in uh, doing that for the first uh, two or three years. Mm -hmm. What's funny about that is I went back when I was started talking about Orange Theory Fitness as a concept. I went back to my roundtable. I presented a PowerPoint presentation about what we were trying to do. 25 CEOs, health club chains. If I told you, you'd know all these guys. Mm -hmm. And everyone without exception said, Terry, don't do this. It's a fad. It'll never work. But whatever you do, don't put your own money into it. Seven years later, Pete, when I see those guys, you know what they say? How do I get one of those licenses? I want one of those territories. What's going on with you guys? Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it was, uh, it was even funny at the financial panel last year here at URSA, you know, uh, came up and one of the statements that was made was, well, we all know that Orange Theory Fitness is not just a fad. But I got to tell you, it was tough. You know, in the early years, nobody knew what it was. They, they called us Orange Therapy. Uh, you know, uh, they, they, they thought we were tasty freeze, orange tasty freeze or selling cream sickles or, or selling orange golf balls or no, nobody really knew what it was. And yeah. that was the biggest obstacle. So let, let me ask a question. When, when you first got involved, you know, a number of locations were, were not making money. There was a, a location that you needed to rebrand. Uh, I'm sure there were many more of just a round table where people said like, Hey, Terry, look, you know, like you're valuable. Your time is your most valuable asset. Like, how are you spending it? So what, what was the continued validation in your own mind of like, were there certain milestones that were being hit? Were there certain things that you like, look, I, I, I got to trust my gut because I've got a well-trained gut at this point. <laughs> I, think, I think the first thing we tried to do at Orange Theory was proof of concept, mm -hmm. right? Nobody was going to buy a license. Nobody was going to believe what we were doing. Nobody was even going to believe in the workout unless we got proof of concept. And that was our ability to open up multiple locations in different cities and prove that people would, number one, pay for it. If, and again, you don't know this today, but in the early days, we were concerned about coming out at a price point of $99. So originally we had, we had a $39 and a $99 price point. And the reason we had the $39 is because we wanted something that people understood the fitness business equivalent to an L.A. Uh, LA Fitness. Right, right. And then, but our, our real program that we were trying to sell was $99. So nobody believed in the price point. People would gasp, oh my gosh, $99 sure. for membership. I can be a member at Gold's or other gyms for much less. So we really had to overcome the price. And what we had to do is change perspective. We had to change the perspective of this is not a gym. This is 
affordable group personal training. So we looked mm -hmm. at, instead of pay, paying 50 or $75 for a personal training session at Orange, you could do it for 10 or 12 or $14 for the session. But the first thing we really were focused on is, number one, proof of concept. Is this a good business model? Mm -hmm. And can we make money on, first of all, will the consumer buy it? Number two, is it a good business model so that we can make money on it? Those were the, the initial pieces. So, um, so as you fast forward to, to where we are today, the business model, you know, how much time did you spend with, with Dave and Jerome and, and Ellen and whoever else was, you know, inside that one club to say like, look, let's not think about anything else except like this is just about the unit economics. This is about the process. Yeah. You know, so, so for me, a lot of people, you know, you, if you talk to me and you ask me what type of business am I in or what type of business, a lot of people will say the fitness business. And even though fitness is the product, I believe personally that we're in the subscription-based business. Mm -hmm. I believe if you can get people to buy, if you can get something to market, if you can get people to make a decision where there's money that changes hands based upon that, then, then you're on to something. Sure. And sure. a lot of people say, you know, well, I've got a great workout or I have a great concept. You know, even Orange Theory says best one-hour workout in the country. You can have the best one-hour workout in the country, but if nobody in the community or nobody in the marketplace knows about it, you don't really have a whole lot. Sure. You've just got an idea that you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. It's not a business model. So I think, number one, you got to come up with a good marketing plan. You've got to come up with a good conversion or sales, you know, program. And then the actual product. You can come up with great marketing, and that's why we talk about an Orange Theory. We could have great marketing and orange-branded bicycles and orange-branded walls and orange-branded rowers, but the truth is is that the best thing about Orange Theory is the workout works, right? right? So we sure. got a product that works. So you got to have something that really works. You can't, like, you know, do anything without that. But we spent a lot of time on making sure that the workout, the results, you know, we started Orange Theory without the heart rate monitoring for the first what, eight to 12 months. Mm. Then we added Polar heart rate monitoring into that. We then since have converted that to our own proprietary system of OT Beats. Uh -huh. But that was significant in giving people immediate feedback. We really right. merged technology with, with, um, with fitness. And that's been a hook, you know, a great sure. hook for us. So, um, so fast forward to today, you've got the territory rights to, um, to Austin College Station, San Antonio. Uh, I know you get peppered with other territories to take on. Um, you know, given you're, you're the largest player in, in the network at this point. You know, how do you think about the team that you're building? What's special about it? And, um, you know, what you want to achieve? You know, when I look at challenges or look at, you know, Pete, you know, something that I consider myself to be good at, I'm really good at getting people focused around a common objective, motivating, hiring, recruiting, and motivating a team to accomplish a specific goal. I've, I've done that all my career. I did it in the fitness company, did it with Crunch, did it with Lifestyle, and I'm doing it with Orange Theory at the present time. You know, you talk about your highest and greatest use, but our, our ability to put a, a great team together that can deliver a predictable results time after time, and we've consistently done that uh, with Orange Theory in, our, in my stores anyway. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, so we're building a great team. Uh, I have a lot of people that have followed me for the last seven years, you know, that it started with me from the very beginning. They moved from Florida out to Austin, moved from uh, Florida out to San Antonio to help me uh, with, with, with the group. But, um, I, you know, my personal belief, you talk about personal beliefs or values, is one of my personal values is, is I really focus on uh, people management. I focus on the development of people, uh, mentoring people. Uh, I believe if we can make people better people in this world, we can have a better business because the people are the ones that are gonna deliver. You know, I'm not out there today selling memberships and I'm not out there today prospecting and I'm not out there today coaching the classes. But my ability to teach people how they can be better, uh, mm -hmm. how they can learn not only from their own mistakes but from other people's mistakes and what have they done. And, 
I, I just think that's a great strength that we have right now in, in the Austin market. You know, we're going to grow the Austin San Antonio market to 50 plus uh, units. And we, you know, I can't do that by myself. It's with a great team that understands what we're trying to accomplish and how we serve the communities that we're in that, that really is going to make a difference. And as you think about the companies that you've been with in the past and managing growth, I feel like you've seen companies that are fast growing and know what you need in order to support that. You've probably been a party to companies that have grown too fast. So when you think about, you know, this is your baby, um, you know, and it's going to grow opportunistically as I, but it's also going to be something that, you know, you can execute and digest. Talk about the, the levers that like, you know, you're like, Hey, you know, I want to grow, but like, I'm not going to grow just because somebody wants me to grow. I'm going to grow because it makes sense for the long-term value of the business. You know, I think there's a number of pieces in the growth part. I'm going to go back to the people piece, you know, and I say this all the time, you cannot microwave these leaders. You can't microwave managers. You can't microwave head coaches. You need to crock pot them. They need to season out. They need to have those experience. They need to have those interactions. I think that's a really big piece of what we're doing. You can't just hire somebody and say, oh, you know, and this is where I go back to my own personal career is I, you know, I, I was in the big box business for a long time, Pete. I thought I, I thought I had it figured out. But I got to tell you, when I got into the franchising business and I got into Orange Theory, there was a lot I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of things I've learned in the past seven years. Uh, I understand the fitness business. I understand the subscription side of that business, but I didn't understand franchising. And so I go back to the people component. You know, the best things that we can do is to try to grow this business is you can't grow the business unless you've got the people. We need strong teams. We need to have people that have been with us. They understand how we do it. How do we deliver that service? How do we execute on uh, acquiring more members? What's the best marketing plan that we can put together and execute? Not just ideas. I don't, you know, I don't need new ideas. I need people who can execute on those ideas. Mm -hmm. But we spend a lot of time training, you know. Uh, We spend a lot of time trading thoughts and Mm -hmm. learning from other people experiences. So number one is how do we how do we grow and how do we not grow too fast? Number one, we have to have the people on board and able to uh, digest the growth. Second thing is the real estate side of our business. And we, you know, we struggle with that a little bit in Austin and in San Antonio, the real estate side of the business is, you know, uh, in Austin, we're 94% occupied in commercial real estate. Of the 6% that's available, 3% of that is is, is crap. You know, you don't really, we don't want to be involved in that. Uh, and the other 3% that we want, so does every restaurant, so does every other uh, retail environment. So real estate becomes a, uh, maybe sometimes a sticking point or a slowdown, maybe a bottleneck for us. So I think that's a piece to consider. And then we keep track of what's happening with the competition as well, you know, for growth. And, you know, we always wanted to be first to market with Orange Theory Fitness. I think we did a good job with that, you know, with our, mm-hmm. our expansion plans, but, uh, I don't know. If you just ask me, uh, I think the personnel side is a piece of that. I think the real estate side is a piece of that. I think keeping abreast of the competition. And really, what do the consumers want? You know, we got we to gotta talk to our consumers more. We got to talk to our members more. I think we need to be, we can do a better job even today of having uh, the members be the center of focus. You know, given them, we have a, something we're trying in Austin now called Show the Love Program. It's 100 Days of Love around a new member that gets started. But, oh, nice. Okay, yeah. cool. So as you, um, as you look at the Orange Theory brand... Uh, I believe it's uh, they're going to open a, the 1,000th location and zero locations have closed. Uh, and given that you were basically one of the chefs here that, that created the vision and created the brand, how much easier is it for you to be a franchisee of Orange Theory <laughs> that you were at the beginning? Yeah. You know, and you can really say, look, like, I'm not the, uh, the conductor of someone else's band, <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know, I listen, I, I, I was... From a fitness guy to a sales guy to a manager to an executive of other companies. And, 
you know, when I look back at my career, you know, I would never be where I'm at today if it wasn't for all of those groups and all sure. the influence that they had on me personally. And I'm grateful for every bit of that, Pete. However, if I, you know, if I look back at my career <clears throat> and I say, where, where could I have done something differently? I probably would have stepped out on my own and tried to do something on my own a little bit sooner in my career as opposed to waiting. I think we got, I think Orange Theory is fantastic and the last seven years have been phenomenal for us, phenomenal. But I would have liked to have been on my, on my own a little bit earlier in my career. Uh, I think it's fair to say, you know. Um, so, you know, how is that? How is it to open Orange Theory today versus uh, seven years ago? <clears throat> seven years ago, everybody said, "What is it? Right. Explain that to me." Today, they're saying, "Hey, a friend of mine in Chicago has done that. A friend of mine in uh, California has done that. A friend of mine in Dallas has done that. When are you coming to a city near us?" Right. So it's a much more. There's much higher awareness of the brand. But there's a lot of people out there, Pete, that still don't understand exactly what we do and understand the heart rate base, the EPOC concept, and the science behind the program. But we're educating the, the, the consumers. Well, um, from a standpoint of the opportunity to continue to grow this, as if today is day one, you know, you've got a lot of, a lot of people to convince that, that Orange Theory is the workout of their choice. So look forward to working with you on that growth curve and, and having fun doing it. Yeah, we're excited about growing. You know, we still think there's a lot of opportunity and we also think that, you know, we're doing some good things in Austin and San Antonio and we can create a platform to be involved in maybe some bigger and other opportunities as well. Great. Well, congrats on the success and we'll look forward to seeing the rest of it. Thanks, Pete. All right, man. All right. Here we go. <laughs> cool.